As runaway global warming continues to accelerate, along with the gap between the rich and poor, there's a sense among many that our civilization is in crisis. What could be causing this crisis, and how do we move beyond the broken status quo and literally design a better future? The Neolithic Revolution happened 12,000 years ago. It set the stage for agriculture, settlement, cities, trade, exchange, labor specialization. Suddenly, the entire architecture of what we know as our, as our market economy was built from that point on. And we've been in this, this, this disputed uh, group, vis groupistic, in-group, out-group, uh, warring machine ever since. Now, keep in mind, nine, before that, 99% of human history, no money or markets, live egalitarian. So anyone that gives you that human nature argument, humans are just mean, you know, the whole Western philosophy, you know, from John Locke to Adam Smith to, uh, to any of those folks, they, they all look at, to Thomas Malthus, of course, they all look at human society as this, this mean, cruel thing, that we are just these beasts, and that this is the way it is, but that is absolutely debunked by the historical record. Because, so another way of saying that is, is people who advocate for selfishness, yeah. right? Correct? And you, you make that point in the book that that's not actually a good way to, to, to form a, an economic system based on self-interest, right? I would say that, that because of the, the, the determinism that happened when we created agriculture, we created this warring machine that, that before that time didn't actually exist. I'm trying to put this in terms that are very So there simple. was a time when human beings were hunter-gatherers. Yes. And then they made the switch to agriculture. Yes. And, and that set the stage for all the, the, I'd call it geographical determinism. You make points about the charity giving from billionaires. And it's really interesting about they don't want their tax dollars to go to the government. But they're, so like there's, this, there's these billionaires. I met one of them. And they have this, I forget the name of the project, but they're going to give away half of their wealth or, or something like, do you know about this? Supposedly, right? right? And Are you referring to the, the, the old uh, billionaire pack? Yes, pack that talk the, about that. Um, what, what was the name of it? Um, I can't, I'm, yeah, I'm blinking out. Yeah, thought about that in a while. But yeah, so Bill Gates and Warren Buffett, a bunch of billionaires got together. And it was a response to Occupy Wall Street, by the way. It's just a big PR move. Yes. They said, oh, we're going to set up this fund and everyone's going to make an agreement to give half, if not more, of their wealth to charity when they die. And we want to, and this is their poetry, and that's all it is, because, but, because no one's really done it. And, no even if they, and if they do, they do it to their own private foundations. That's it. So Bill Gates, he's like, I gave away all my money. No, he didn't. He started the foundation and dumped his money inside of it with numerous tax loopholes to benefit off of. Not to say that he doesn't mean well, but it's part of an elitist narcissism that these people actually think. They're more important in their views. They can influence countries. They can change the health care like the Gates Foundation in some country without any democratic presence at all. Right. That is totalitarian philanthropy, and that's just wrong. That's it. That's it. As runaway global warming continues to accelerate, along with the gap between the rich and poor, there's a sense among many that our civilization is in crisis. What could be causing this crisis, and how do we move beyond the broken status quo and literally design a better future? Predictions are always dangerous, but I think I can confidently predict that what Chris has to tell you here today is not going to cheer you up. But hopefully, it will stimulate you to increase effectiveness. Chris, we're glad to have you here. Thank you very much for coming. Thank you.
so I wrote this out and felt a little bit like uh, Noam Chomsky when I saw him give a lecture a couple years ago where he got up and said, uh, a lot of people say I'm boring and I'm proud to be boring. <laughs> the decision by the deep state in ancient Rome. Like the United States in 2017, dominated by a bloated military and corrupt oligarchy. To strangle the Emperor Commodus in his bath in the year 192. Did not halt the growing chaos and precipitous decline of the Roman Empire. Commodus like a number of other late Roman empires, and like Donald Trump, was incompetent and consumed by his own vanity. He commissioned innumerable statues of himself as Hercules and had little interest in governance. He used his position as head of state to make himself the star of his own ongoing public show. He fought victoriously as a gladiator in the arena in fixed bouts. Power for Commodus, as it is for Trump, was primarily about catering to his bottomless narcissism, hedonism, and lust for wealth. He sold public offices so the ancient equivalents of Betsy DeVos and Steve Mnuchin could orchestrate a vast kleptocracy. Commodus was replaced by the reformer Pertinax, the Bernie Sanders of his day, who attempted to curb the unchecked power of the Praetorian Guards, the ancient version of the military industrial complex. This effort saw the Praetorian Guards assassinate Pertinax after three months in office. The guards then auctioned off the office of emperor to the highest bidder. The next emperor, Didius Julianus, lasted 66 days. There would be five emperors in 193 AD, the year after the assassination of Commodus. Trump and our decaying empire have ominous historical precedents. If the deep state replaces Trump, whose ineptitude and imbecility are embarrassing to the empire, that action will not restore our democracy any more than replacing Commodus restored the Republic to Rome. The choice is between inept fascists like Trump and competent fascists like Pence. Our Republic is dead. The idiots seen in the decay the chance for personal advancement and profit take over in the final days of crumbling civilizations. Idiot generals wage endless unwinnable wars that bankrupt the nation. Idiot economists call for reducing taxes for the rich and cutting social service programs for the poor and project economic growth on the basis of myth. Idiot industrialists poison the water, the soil, and the air 
slash jobs, and depress wages. Idiot bankers gamble on self-created financial bubbles and impose crippling debt peonage on the citizens. Idiot journalists and public intellectuals pretend despotism is democracy. Idiot intelligence operatives orchestrate the overthrowing of foreign governments to create lawless enclaves that give rise to enraged fanatics. And idiot professors, experts, and specialists busy themselves with unintelligible jargon and arcane theory that buttress the policies of the rulers. Idiot entertainers and producers create lurid spectacles of sex, gore, and fantasy. There is a familiar checklist for extinction. We are ticking off every item on it. The idiots know only one word, more. They are unencumbered by common sense. They hoard wealth and resources until workers cannot make a living and the infrastructure collapses. They live in privileged compounds where they eat chocolate cake and order missile strikes. <laughs> they see the state as a projection of their own vanity. The Roman, Mayan, French, Habsburg, Ottoman, Romanov, Wilhelmine, Pahlavi and Soviet dynasties crumbled because the whims and obsessions of ruling idiots were law. Trump is the face of our collective idiocy. He is what lies behind the mask of our professed civility and rationality, a sputtering, narcissistic, bloodthirsty megalomaniac. This face in the past was hidden, at least to most white Americans, but with the destruction of democratic institutions and the disempowerment of the citizen, the oligarchs and the kleptocrats have become brazen. They no longer need to pretend. They steal and lie openly. They wield armies and fleets against the wretched of the earth, blithely ignore the looming catastrophe caused by global warming and cannibalize the nation, while at night, like some monster from the Grand Guignol, the idiot-in-chief, overseeing our self-immolation, sits slack-jawed in front of a television set before opening his beautiful Twitter account. Forget the firing of James Comey, forget the paralysis in Congress, forget the inanity of a press that covers our descent into tyranny as if it were a sports contest between corporate Republicans and corporate Democrats or a reality show starring our maniacal president. Forget the noise. The crisis we face is not embodied in the public images of the politicians that run our dysfunctional government. The crisis we face is the result of a four-decade-long, slow-motion corporate coup d'etat that has left corporations and the war machine omnipotent, turned our electoral system into legalized bribery, 
and elevated public figures who master the arts of entertainment and artifice.